0: We got IndyCar and NASCAR on this week's edition of Motorsports The Show, Episode 5. It was a great week. You can hear all about that and more on Motorsports The Show. Have you heard of Anchor? It is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's a free way to make a podcast. You don't have to pay. You can edit the podcast on your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast to many places, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can make money from your podcast with barely any listens. You can download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. We began the weekend with the Iowa 250. There was a doubleheader weekend. Two different races for IndyCar. The first one. Had qualifying on Friday, with Connor Daly was the fastest qualifier for race number one, winning the fastest qualifier. Let's go to the race. Simon Pagano started 23rd due to not making qualifying. That didn't matter. He raced from 23rd all the way to 1st, getting the victory, which was very exciting. You don't usually see them going from last to 1st. We saw a use for the aero screen technology twice, actually. First, Will Power's tire broke off, and then the tire hit the top of Will Power's car. Without the aero screen, it would have hit Will Power right on top of the head, possibly injuring Will Power. So that was a great thing. Scary moment also with Colin Herta and Renes Fouquet having an incident. Colin Herta ran over. The aero screen of Renas Svoké when he flew into the fence. Colton flew into the fence, which was scary enough. But then you basically run over Renas Svoké's car. And without that, we could have had a serious incident happen. You know, because we would have basically had Colton drive on top of someone's head. That's a scary situation to think about. It was So that's why we had the aero screen. Saw lots of people being that... We don't need arrow screens. Yes, we kind of do. It's important to me, at least. I matter. I matter, too, don't you know? I'm not a driver, though, so technically I don't really matter. Enough. Enough. Let's talk about more of the race. Simon Pagenaud led 83 out of the 250 laps, which was the most. The podium was Simon Pagenaud, Scott Dixon in second, Oliver Askew in third. Then we had the MyBariatic Solutions 500 at Texas Motor Speedway. The 201-lap race was won by Kyle Busch, but he failed post-race inspection due to the right rear tire being too low. With that, Austin Cindrick finishes second in that race and was declared the winner due to finishing second and Kyle Busch basically being disqualified from the Xfinity Series race. Didn't expect to see that at Texas. We always know Texas is crazy. Well, with that, Austin Cindrick wins three Xfinity Series races in a row. Justin Allgaier led the most laps, which was 98 of the 201 laps. Harrison Burton wins stages one and two. Nine cautions, 15 lead changes. I apologize if I mess up these company names. I prefer to call them by company name just in case you can, like, search it up better than just being like, Texas Xfinity race, which might be easier, but you never know. Vancouver 250, I have no idea what Vancouver Company is at all. but well, there was a 167-lap race, and it was won by Kyle Busch. This time, he was not disqualified after the race, passing post-race tech inspection and getting the truck series win. Kyle basically destroyed the competition. To put it lightly, leading 72 out of 167 laps in winning stage number one. Brett Moffat wins the stage number two. Five cautions, 15 lead changes. So that was Friday and Saturday afternoon. Almost two weeks ago now from the recording. Apologize for not giving you last week's edition But anyway, we had the Iowa 250 race number two. It was different from Friday's race due to the winner actually starting first and finishing first. On Friday of that weekend, Joseph Newgarden was crowned the fastest qualifier for race number two. How did that work? Well, basically, there were two fastest qualifiers from Friday's qualification session. One would be fastest qualifier for race number one. On Friday, second one, Saturday night's fastest qualifier. So that's how it went. So Joseph Newgarden starts on the pole, leads 214 out of 250 laps, which is 86% of the race, which was the most laps led, by the way, and finishes in first. 12 lead changes, 24 cautions. So I read the results. I apologize. I didn't watch the race, but 24 Caution seems like a lot. So if you guys watched the race, did it have that many, or am I getting false information for, straight from IndyCar statistics? That's where I got it from. I apologize. didn't watch the race. I was busy at a soccer game that weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we had the O'Reilly Auto Parts 500. Auto Parts. Ah. It was a 500 lap Well, it wasn't a 500 lap race. 500 mile race, 334 laps, over 100 degrees there for the drivers at Texas Motor Speedway fans in the stands. Lap 219, Ryan Blaney gets loose, causing Kurt Bush to hit Eric Almorola, who hits Kyle Bush. Then madness ensued, creating a Talladega big one. That means a lot of drivers spun out. All the drivers that were included. In the big one were Ryan Blaney, Kurt Bush, Kyle Bush, Eric Amarola, Martin Tricks, Junior, Cole Kester, Matt Kenseth, William Byron, Buff Walls, Ryan Priest, Chris Buescher, Kevin Harvick, and Ty Dillon. All this causing a red flag. And it was 100 degrees and they had a red flag. That should be illegal, I heard lots of people saying. I understand why. It was hot there. Glad I'm not in Texas. See, I was in Indiana at the time. And it was a pristine 90 degrees. It was a hot July weekend that weekend. But right now the country is cooling down a bit, which is a good thing. And there's your weather coverage. Let's talk about the race. The race was won by Austin Dillon. He got the lead at lap 312 of 334, staying in the lead for 22 laps. Quick math. Ray snapped Austin's 88-race winless streak. Last one, the 2018 Daytona 500. Interestingly enough, Jimmy Johnson's last one in 2017, June 2017, to be more exact, which was three years ago. Jimmy Johnson still has no wins. It's crazy. He's going to make the playoffs, I feel, at the number 16, but I doubt he's going to get his eighth one. I really don't. He has just not had the best luck. Being the only driver to test positive for coronavirus didn't help either. Ryan Blaney wins both stages. Needs 150 laps, which is the most. 10 cautions, 29 need changes. Well, we went from Texas to Kansas. Kansas Speedway to be exact. A lot of races there. Cup Series race on that Thursday, which was different. They're usually Wednesday night races, but this time Thursday night races. It's the Super Batteries 500, where Denny Hamlin gets his fifth victory of the year at Kansas Speedway, leading 57 of 267 laps. Most laps led. Kyle Busch wins stage one, his first stage win of 2020. Brad Keselowski wins stage number two. On a Caution's 22 lead changes there at Kansas Speedway. The John Dish 150 was the ARCA race. And it was won by Brett Holmes, and it was in dominant fashion, leading 82 out of 100 laps, winning the race. There was one lead change, and then after that, Brett Holmes leads 82 laps. So after about lap eight, nine, 18 or 19, Brett Holmes takes the lead and stays in the lead, taking only one lead change. Three yellows, however. Blue Emu 200 was the truck series race at Kansas. Austin Hill gets his first truck series victory of the year at Kansas Speedway on the Friday truck race. Austin Hill led 30, 65 of 134 laps, which is the most, and wins stage number two. Brett Moffat finishes second and won stage number one. Brett Moffat. Brett Moffat seems to be very consistent with stages, at least the past two weekends. There were four cautions, 17 lead changes. The EPT 200, that's what it was called. I have no idea what that means at all. Matt Crafton leads the last 22 laps, gets his first victory since July of 2017 at the Eldor Speedway race. That dirt track racing was the last time Matt Crafton got a lead. So congrats to Matt Crafton after the three-year hiatus of losing races. Zane Smith leads 50 out of 134 laps. When stages 1 and 2, 9 costumes, 15 lead changes. And then it was, so there was back-to-back truck series races at Kansas, and there was the Xfinity Series race. By the way, for truck race number two, we had Travis Pastrana there. He didn't do very good, though, but he still competed. So good on him. Kansas Lottery 250. Brandon Jones passes Austin Cindric on the last lap at Kansas at Kansas Speedway. I apologize for not being able to speak. I'm dying. It's fine. Winning at Brandon's second race of the row. Of the year. Austin Cindric leads 131, 175 laps. Winstages 1, or 2, 5. cautious 9. Need changes. So basically, it seems like... Austin Sindrick, it was his night at Kansas, but Brandon Jones was like, nope, I'm going to win. Well, the Indy 500 in major news, the capacity has been cut in half from 50%. Now it's 25%. Masks are required. They were highly recommended. Now they're required. And the reason why they are doing this is because they are there's a mask mandate in the state of Indiana that lasts, I believe, through August 26th. The race is August twenty third. So capacity's now twenty five percent. They have a whole, almost ninety page thing telling you all that you need to know. I'm not going to the race. I wanted to, but I, I don't feel safe going to do it. I've I i do not trust. I don't trust people that they won't wear a mask and be infected. And I don't want the coronavirus. I've seen what it can do to people. It's not a fun experience. So, how can it be going? And we'll be watching it because it's allowed to be now the Black House when lifted. So, yay, 88 page plan. So, if you're going to the race, there's an 88 page plan, and I highly recommend you read it. I did it, and I'm not even going. It's all important, though. The races of Portland and Laguna Seca for IndyCar were canceled. With that, the dates of those races being canceled. Now they had to add double headers. So Mid-Ohio Gateway, which is in like basically close to St. Louis, the Gateway race there, and Indy Harvest GP are all now double headers. So Mid-Ohio, which is the next IndyCar race at the Mid-Ohio Road Course in Lexington, Ohio on August 8th and August 9th will be happening because it's a header now instead of just the single race. So, on August 8th, it will be taking place at an unannounced time as of the recording of this podcast. They haven't announced what time it's going to be on TV or even happen. And then August 9th at 1.30 on the IndyCar Radio Network and an unannounced NBC channel. So, we're going to get all that stuff. Ironed out probably by this weekend. Then NASCAR is going to be at New Hampshire Speedway for the Cup Series only August 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBCSN and on the PRN Performance Racing Network. So if that's you, if you'd like to listen to it instead of watching it on TV, it's on PRN this week. There you go. There's this week's edition of Motorsports, the show, the show where we talk about motorsports, all of this very fun I cannot wait to have probably the shortest episode of Motorsports the show that being because there's only one race happening next week so who knows we might have to we might have to make it go a whole nother week also I saw on Twitter someone was asking what do we what does should NASCAR add if they had a chance to add something what should they do and guess what my answer was it doesn't matter lawnmower racing. I've seen limos. I've seen other stuff, but I think a lawnmower racing in NASCAR is perfect. There you go. There's your extra Muddle Sports Show coverage. All of this being sponsored by Anchor.